I'm Dave Monaco, the Alan Meyer Family Head of School at Parish Episcopal School. Welcome to the From My Angle podcast. I must say, I found the first two conversations of this podcast season with Laura Vandernoot Lipsky and Amy Blankson to be both informative and helpful. As a person and a leader, Laura and Amy helped me lean into the podcast's year-long theme of reconnecting and resetting. I was able to put words to experiences that I've had and build empathy for what those around me may have been feeling. But to be sure, such discussions about trauma and how to shift our minds from being burdened to being positive can be heavy, to say the least. So in this episode, I am excited to shift our focus, bring it back onto the parish campus, and talk about a year-long event that will certainly bring joy to our community and serve as a vehicle for reconnecting us to one another and to this school we love. Parish's 50th anniversary. In fact, this will be the first of our Parish Connection episodes for this podcast season. In this anniversary year, I will use the Parish Connection episodes to welcome individuals who've had a front row seat for the inspiring Parish story. I so look forward to talking with them, and I think you will learn so much from these individuals about the audacious and Herculean efforts of the last 50 years that have made Parish what it is today. We start in this episode with the woman who has brought this year's 50th anniversary event to life. Kristen Toomey is Parish's Assistant Director of Development, a role she just began in July. Previous to joining Parish as an employee, Kristen spent the last decade as a power volunteer in the Parish community, working through our Parents Association to stage a wide number of events designed to promote community and generate critical funds for our school. A couple of years ago, we asked Kristen to oversee preparations for Parish's 50th anniversary, and as you will hear, she has given it her all and developed an incredible set of anniversary events. Kristen and her husband, Brian, have two girls, Grace, a member of the class of 2023, and Nora, who attended Parish through the eighth grade and is now a freshman at Shelton. Enjoy this episode of the From My Angle podcast with Kristen Toomey. Well, welcome to episode three of season five for the From My Angle podcast. And we're finally shifting the focus back to campus. We've had awesome conversations with Laura Vandernoot-Lipsky and Amy Blankson. Informative, helpful to me anyway, as a person and leader. I hope that was the case to you as well. Just talking about this idea of reconnecting and moving through the trauma and challenge of the last several months. And also to think about how to shift our mindset to the positive amidst so much that leaves us anxious and at times overwhelmed. All of that, of course, is not exactly uplifting or enthusiastic, so I've got a solution today. We're going back to campus on this episode. We're going to talk with Kristen Toomey, who is Parish's Assistant Director of Development, a role she actually just began in July. Newbie. newbie. Yep. <laughs> but she uh, has been a longtime uh, parent volunteer, power volunteer here, working with our Parents Association, staging so many events that have promoted our community, and generated critical funds for the school. And we are going to be talking about the 50th anniversary, which a couple of years ago we asked Kristen to take on, and which she continues to do now as part of her role. Her two sweet girls, Grace, a member of the class of 2023, and Nora, who attended uh, Parish through eighth grade, is now a freshman at Shelton, have joined Kristen's husband, Brian, and being great members of this community. So 
Hi, Kristen. We're glad to have you. Hi, thanks. Glad to be here. Both as employee <laughs> and uh, uh, just uh, overseeing this 50th and yeah. as a, a great member of the parent community for close to a decade. But this is pretty significant in the history of the From My Angle podcast, so we'll digress slightly. <laughs> because it's important to note that I, we have never had on this podcast, and I wonder how many podcasts nationally have ever had on a father and then a daughter. Mm-hmm. But we've done it now with your appearance. I know. I love being first. Is, I know you do. And so can you explain to our listeners like how this all transpired? Yes, I know. It's funny. I So my dad is currently the lieutenant governor in Mississippi. Prior to that, he served as secretary of state. And I think really when you came in the picture, um, you know, my dad was elected in um fall of 2019 mm-hmm. he was sworn in in january of 2020 of course with all these amazing things he wanted to do as lieutenant governor which were then you know somewhat sidelined just a few months later with covid and i felt like i was often talking to my dad during that time about uh education issues in mississippi um kids in the state who did not have internet and could not work remotely kids who were um, you know, didn't have meals during the day, um, just various struggles as a leader mm-hmm. trying to deal with um, what was going on in Mississippi, uh, in the education space, what was going on in Mississippi. And I think you and I were kind of talking about it a little bit. And um, and you you said, you know, I'd just really love to talk to your dad. So uh, I thought it was, I thought it was, a, well, of course I'm biased. <laughs> I thought it was a great podcast. I listened in. And, um, you know, it was just, it was fascinating to hear the two of you speak because y'all were experiencing, you know, very different. You're the head of our school. My dad's in public service in Mississippi, coming from two completely different angles, but dealing with a lot of the same issues, whether it was education related or just leading yeah. through this pandemic. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, that's how you got to talk to Delbert. And now I'm here. Lieutenant, the Honorable Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman. Yes. May 2020, we were both flying blind. We, I'm sure, would say we still are in some ways, but less so than we were in May 2020. And so that conversation was a lot about that phenomenon mm-hmm. as leaders of uh, how, how to grow up with challenge, get people aligned, try to find solutions. So check it out. And after you've listened to this uplifting version with Kristen, you can compare. You can, and you'll recognize the accent, I think. Oh, yes. You loved Dad's accent. Yes. And I I don't feel like I have one, but apparently I do, and you will. Yeah. If you listen to Dad's and mine, you will recognize some similarities there. Not so sure it's as syrupy as Delbert's, but (laughs) it's uh, it's still very pleasant to listen to. All right, so let's zoom out on uh, the anniversary and, and start before we get to the specifics of the activities you've planned, really on the whole notion of uh, how we how we got to even make this our anniversary year. So Parish Day was founded in um, 1972. It actually started in August of 1972. So anybody doing math would <laughs> conclude that this is actually year kind of 49, as it were. But we decided to make 2021, 2022 um, our 50th anniversary year. Why did the school decide to commemorate it this year as opposed to next, which we could have done? I know we could have, and um, you know, I was I was kind of hoping no one would do that math, but uh, I think Chris <laughs> Burns was one of the first people that came up and was like, "Hold on a second. Um, you know, I think honestly, as um, as the Limitless campaign was mm-hmm. starting to come to a close, and um, we realized that the noble was in fact going to be this amazing reality, mm-hmm. um, I think. Um, 
the folks in administration and in advancement downstairs um, felt like what better way to celebrate the 50th than to um, highlight the opening mm-hmm. of this state-of-the-art beautiful mm-hmm. facility that um, that touches you know every student at this school um, it just felt like a great they just coincided mm-hmm. so beautifully um, and uh, so we just we wanted to do the noble and the 50th in the same year yeah and I think already we're taping this or recording this um, kind of in the latter part of August but the, the uh, f- first um, overtures of employees returning and now families before school starts here because school starts tomorrow actually you can feel the energy I think in the community and I do think it is synergistic between mm-hmm. the noble people are excited about that building's cool and new and and also the 50th and so I think it's created a really excellent uh resonance and I think it was a, a prudent decision but that's the rationale oh, totally. as yeah. to why we did it just so great like great momentum there yeah. and um it just, you know, you and I have talked before, too, like, how perfect is it that this is our 50th year? I mean, it really mm-hmm. actually couldn't have come at a better time. We, we never would have known that when this decision was made a few right. years ago that we were going to celebrate 2021-2022. But who'd have known yes. that this was the perfect time? to do the school's anniversary. Yeah, the unintended, uh, yeah. unintendedly positive consequence yeah. of coming back from the pandemic and really as our as we're theming in the podcast season and, and across the campus community this year on reconnecting and resetting, uh, the anniversary has given us a tremendous template to do that. Yeah. So really the 50th anniversary, you don't just start throwing a bunch of events and parties, right? <laughs> like there was actually work to be done because we're, we're a young school. We're celebrating our 50th. Yeah. But it's effectively, Parish Episcopal School is just two decades old. It was 2002, 2003 when, when we got started as Parish Episcopal. So it's this interesting juxtaposition of, of essentially two schools. So there was a much more necessary and tedious in some ways and challenging task, which was the parish had no formal archives. We had a collection of stuff, picture an attic at your house, like compilation of parish stuff from the decades, but really wasn't organized. And, and some of our listeners may not even be really familiar with what an institutional archive is at a place of higher education or a school like ours. So what is an archive and how did you go about the process of starting uh, and creating Parish's archive? Well, I first went, ended up going over to Ursuline and over to Hockaday. Um, That was several summers ago. I met with um, the head librarian at Ursuline and I met with, I believe it was the, someone in advancement, um, over at Hockaday. And of course, both of those schools, not only do both of those schools, they're over 100 years old, they have established archives, but I also kind of picked their brain, um, particularly at Hockaday, about their centennial that they had just had and what they felt like went well and what didn't go well. But um, from an archive perspective, you know, toured their space. They shared with me kind of how theirs were organized at both Ursuline and Hockaday. Um, and then, actually, it's funny, my mother-in-law, Brian's mom, Daniil, um, she has her master's in museum studies. And she actually, career-wise, for years, um, did archiving, worked for museums throughout the country. Um, her specialty is really in identifying and, like, dating objects and finding creative ways to um, to display them and things like that. So met with Hockaday, met with Ursuline, met with my mother-in-law for a long time and talked through it with her. And then it's so funny because the last piece of advice I got was from Molly Monaco. Mm -hmm. She was at my house for a like 
mom's coffee thing we were doing and I was telling her about the process and Molly was like, you know what, at the end of the day, you need to do what makes sense to you. Like, we don't need to replicate what they're doing at Hockaday or Ursuline or wherever. Let's make it make sense for Parrish and what we've got here at Parrish to work with. So that was actually the last great piece of advice I got. And then I basically just like went down in the library and just how you're describing, like just boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff that honestly, a lot of it had come from um, when Gloria passed away and clearing Mm -hmm. out um, her home and, you know, her offices and whatever, Um, you know, former teachers, faculty and staff had been bringing things by over the years. So it really was just like, putting my jeans on and getting on the floor and unpacking boxes. And I ended up coming up with, um, it's called like a finding key is like the actual mm. like archive word for it. But um, just just probably 10 or 12 main categories and then subcategories. Everything's labeled down there. And now, I mean, in terms of the 50th, I, I just think it's important because now we can if somebody has an idea about something they want to display, or maybe a, a maybe a maybe they want to bring back an old parish tradition, or they want to reference something that the school used to do, um, it's very easy to go down there and put your hands on those things. So um, it was helpful to me to start there because I only knew a certain amount about the history of the school, and so creating the archive, you know, I learned a great deal more about the history of the school and all the players and their role and what the parish story, it just started to come come to life for me. Which adds richness to how you would think about the 50th events, oh, yeah. which we'll get to in a moment. Yeah. But I, I'm presuming then that of all those boxes downstairs, from Gloria's house, from faculty members, from Director of Alumni Affairs, Diane Weber, who's been here 35 years, yeah. some stuff was thrown out, I'm, I'm imagining, or do you actually try to code everything that you had there and put it in one of those 12 categories? No, we... I threw out a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I started by kind of writing a mission statement mm-hmm. for the archive, mm-hmm. and, and that mission statement um, really identified, you know, we want to store and and uh, keep things that are that share the everyday life mm-hmm. of Parish Day School and Parish Episcopal School. Mm-hmm. So if it was a memo from Gloria to Kathy Pershurn, like, hey, you want to pick up lunch later? I mean, I, I did not. Mm-hmm. And let me be clear, like, there is are still boxes and boxes. It's almost like every note Gloria ever typed up was copied and put in a box. It'd be like if you printed out every email mm-hmm. you'd ever sent. Right. So uh, that stuff is still kind of down there, but a lot of that um, – Will probably go away. Right. I mean, and, and, and there was a lot of duplication. Like there were like 20 1987 yearbooks. You know, we kept three. Um, so, uh, so yes, there was a lot of cleaning out of stuff. So you reference a library. This is in the basement of the Midway Library. Obviously, um, mature campuses, mature schools will ultimately find places for archives yeah. that become more public in locations. But if we were to walk down stairs in the library across these 12 categories, what are a couple of the cool things that one might find in an archive for those that are still trying to bring this um, into a kind of a practical, understandable terms yeah. for them? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's only useful if people go down and use it, right? right. So, um, and know what's down there. Um, I just made some notes that we've got. We've got all of our yearbooks down there, going back. I think the first yearbooks were maybe. I think the oldest yearbooks I have are maybe the nineteen eighty, maybe late seventies. Mm-hmm. I think. 
um, lots of great old literary magazines that I don't think we necessarily um, publish anymore. Um, great parents association newsletters, which I just can't, mm. they were like weekly typed mm. up parents association new- newsletters that were distributed. And those are super fun to go back and read. Um, I've got gala and style show, everything from past galas and style shows, programs and um, what the invitations and stuff like that looked like old, old, um, you know, postcards and mail pieces for gala. Um, lots of information on past capital campaigns because, um, you know, ultimately, you know, there was money raised at one point at Hillcrest to add the building where the library is and the gym and all that stuff. Then coming over here, I didn't really realize that there were then multiple, you know, high five and some of those right. other campaigns that allowed us to further finish out this building. So, um, so lots of information on past capital campaigns and past parish, uh, parish fund, um, Great notes and binders from Gloria and Kathy Pershurn and others about the build out of this building, mm. um, architectural renderings and things like that that are really, really cool, original plans. Um, so, you know, if anything, I'd say that it's lacking downstairs. I would love in the next couple of years to get my hands on a little bit more stuff from the arts, like all, you know. Jessica Whiteman, they they always have such great posters for their performances and the programs from performances. I feel like some of that, you know, it's kind of the same with athletics. They've got their things. I just think I need, at some point, I'd love to get a little more from arts and STEM and the Rover stuff and mm-hmm. athletics mm-hmm. back down to the, to the archive. Yeah, it's really remarkable. And you do learn so much about uh, another of our intentions for this year, which is to extol those values that... Um, undergird this place and we want to illuminate those and and bring all of our community together to talk about those that we share and uphold in common that are inarguably parish and that's that's where you can find evidence of them right so you want to see how entrepreneurial this place has been from its start you can see it down there if you want to understand how central and important a community has been or the role that parents have played it's all there in the archive so we've referenced a little bit how it really essential like could you do a 50th without an archive well yeah you could but how do you think the concept that you and your planning committee have come together with for the activities of the 50th how do you think the archive and the process of going through that has informed your vision for the 50th well i think when i started the planning i the very first thing was i set kind of three main goals for the 50th anniversary and one of those which to me over time i'd say in the last eight to ten months one of those goals has just simmered up to the top as really my number one goal and that is to share parish's story with the broader community um because i just and i've said this a couple times it's it's impossible to understand parish at 50 unless you have really um given thought to parish year one through 49 and um I just think more and more, especially as everyone's coming back to campus, I think that everything from, you know, the the little ones on up to the seniors, the parents, the alumni, I just want to remind everyone of Parrish's story and um and the archives are creating a good um place to start for that. Yeah. 
So, um, so that, that really is a huge goal for me this year. And, uh, and the archives are a great reference point. For yeah. That. And already done a great, great job with it. There's a display in the Midway lobby that folks will see now as yeah. they come in that provides it the, the material that you all sent out this summer to, uh, set the stage and, and show some of the historical timeline. We had our employees, uh, last, last week here from, uh, one of the founding faculty members in an interview, um, of what life was like. And so those, I think, um, really begin to tell the, uh, so the fabric of the place, you mm-hmm. know, at a, at a deeper level. So, um, for, for listeners who again may, um, think that the 50th is a, an event or maybe a disparate series of events and not a, not a cohesive effort, um, that encompasses marketing event planning, mm-hmm. uh, storytelling and communications, mobilization of large bodies of people to throw significant um, uh, events. It, it's akin to it's akin to a wedding. It's like about the closest I could come to, right? It's like you, you've got to you've got to coordinate um, that substantial of an undertaking. Thematic materials, shower and bridal parties, rehearsal dinners, other ceremonies that are associated with the wedding is kind of what you've been up to. I right? think you're using this reference because you know that I had a gigantic wedding. Well, you did. <laughs> yes, we wasn't going to go there. I know. There, but you, Bri- uh, I know. We uh, Dave made fun of me because I told him once that uh, we did have we did have a gigantic southern wedding with lots of people. So this is a good I mean, a thousand um, a people at a wedding. Me. I mean, a thousand yeah. people at a wedding. A thousand know. people at Panther Asian yeah. Block Party, maybe. Right. I don't I know. I think we can do this. A thousand I people at homecoming, no problem. Gala, yes, bring bring on the crowds. So how would you break the anniversary apart, Yeah, you know, into its uh, different parts for the, the community that's trying to understand it? How did you all attack the, the planning? We, you know, we started with, like I said, setting those goals. Like, what do we really want to accomplish? Mm. We want to engage our alumni. We want to share Parish's story, um, things like that. So just setting some really strong, concrete, high-level goals is where I kind of started. And then for me personally, then it kind of rolled into this look and feel and the motto, bold vision, bright future, and the tone of what this year was about. And I was I was in the archive one day. I was trying to work through um, the imagery and things like that. And we've been working. Actually, uh, Shannon Longfield's husband, Dave Longfield, helped us uh, create the logo for the 50th. Um, and I really, I went to Dave with bold vision, bright future, Dave Longfield. Um, and I was like, I don't know. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not really a marketing branding guy. Like, and you are like, can you help me think through this? And we met shortly after that, and he was like, honestly, Kristen, I, it's, he, he really liked it. And especially when I explained to him, like, you know, I just go, kept going back to Mary Blair mm-hmm. and Gloria and you, mm-hmm. who've been here now over 10 years, mm-hmm. and the bold vision. And, I mean, we talk about it a lot, and, uh, but there is truly an entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit here. And it was and still is alive and well with Blair mm-hmm. Snyder at Monaco and um, – so that's kind of where the bold vision came from. It, as as the community learns more and more this year, you will see that Mary Blair started with absolutely nothing. Gloria Snyder was absolutely determined to uh, expand this school at all costs. She just was like plowing forward. She could not be stopped. And then uh, and then you came along, and it was just like like a rocket. Like I wrote about um, in the in the Panther Bee, like. Just, just rapid, aggressive, exciting growth for the school, and so that's kind of where bold vision came from. And then, of course, you want to then shift your focus, mm-hmm. looking forward, and 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 the future of parish and what that looks like, and and the future is bright. And so that's um, that's kind of where that tagline came from. But 
So started with goals and then worked out, you know, worked through logo and mm -hmm. um, motto and what we, the, the look and feel and tone of the year. And then honestly, we, we started with actually the existing parish calendar because um, we are a very busy school mm -hmm. and parents do with, with work and the kids um, at times feel overwhelmed by multiple events. So we started with our existing calendar and asked ourselves, you know, where and how can we enhance what we currently have on the calendar? Mm -hmm. So, um, so for example, we always do faculty and staff appreciation uh, holiday luncheons in December. Well, this year we're going to invite back former faculty and staff who've retired. They can come to Hillcrest, they can come to Midway, they can come to both, um, but we're just going to elevate that event and invite back um, some of our just beloved retired teachers. Um, we are doing Founders Day in the spring, but we're going to have this amazing Founders Day. We're going to host it in the Noble, and we are going to do a style show with that. You know, prior to Gala, for those of you who don't know, prior to Gala, um, Parish Parents Association hosted a luncheon and a style show, and it was apparently, like, pretty epic. So we are, everyone, everyone's real excited that we're bringing about the style show. So we were just, we're just going to make that part of Founders Day. Um, we've got lots of great alumni events um, uh, uh, this year, bringing kiddos back um, at various times throughout the year, especially those in the arts mm -hmm. who really contributed heavily. Uh, they, the students and their families, contributed to, um, to the Noble, knowing that they would not ever necessarily get to perform there. We have lots of arts alumni coming back throughout the year mm -hmm. to enjoy that space. One of the new events that we established is Dave's Day of Service. Mm -hmm. That'll be at the beginning of October on October second on a Saturday, um, kind of a kind of a nod to you and what you and Molly enjoy outside of parish, which is just kind of um, education needs in Dallas, the broader education needs um, in our in North Texas, and um, kind of going off of United to Learn and some of their campus days that they do. We're going to have lots of activities both here at parish and off campus all benefiting Anne Frank and Cigaroa. So our, our two partner schools through United to Learn who we partner with throughout the year and it's to your point every year. Yeah. We can just throw the yeah. 50th uh, behind behind I know, it and it should be great. It's going to be great and I you know I'm really <clears throat> hopeful that it's an event that you know it's new this year but I would love to see mm -hmm. it carry on year after year just one big fall community service day for the for everyone to come together and and work out some projects. I'm real excited because Cigaroa is doing Lion King Jr. Um, this year, a little performance, and they need help with costumes and stuff. And so um, I think that'll be some of the projects we'll be doing that day of service in October. So anyway, it wasn't so much, um, you know, let's just bombard everybody with like a thousand 50th events. It was like, let's look at these great events that we already have homecoming founders day gala in the spring is going to be amazing it's going to be at the star bigger and better i mean we just wanted to enhance mm -hmm. the the uh, events that we already had and make them special and of course uh regular communication our tuesday emails that come home will absolutely convey oh, all yeah. the upcoming dates and information about the 50th but they can also go to the webpage. So you have uh, a, a platform there that is uh, also sharing 50th anniversary. So there's plenty of opportunities oh, for yeah. folks to plug into all these dates. You're not going to be able to miss it. It's I'm going to be, be hard to miss. everywhere. <laughs> it's going to be. It's, it's going to be, be everywhere. Miss. I'm going to be everywhere. Um, can't 
can't miss it. Lots of great communications yeah. and stuff coming. This podcast will drop uh, after we have our kickoff event to the 50th, which is our uh, Panther tailgate coming up on, on Friday the 27th. But the uh, opening of the Noble on the uh, 18th of, uh, of September is another uh, opportunity to plug into the 50th, get yeah. to see a little history and see some of the uh, realities where we sit today. So those are awesome and really exciting, yeah. really exciting events. So you've um, bumped around the edges of of this, I think, final question that I was curious about, because now you're, as you said, you, you started knowing a little bit about Parrish, and now you know a lot about <laughs> Parrish, right? So, I mean, if you were to think about uh, retrospectively kind of where you are in this present moment, flipping through all the things that you flipped through, the, the sort of inspiring or, or um, interesting facts about Parrish um, that you've come to learn and appreciate more as a, you know, a decade-long member of this community, what are a couple of those that have most jumped out from the historical um, introspection and investigation that you've been doing? Yeah, I think um, I think two things. One is I've loved looking back at some older parish traditions. Um, you know, everything from the pecan sale, the kids at Parish mm-hmm. Day used to do a pecan sale to raise money every year. Um, the other one that one of the one of the best finds downstairs. I thought Diane Weber was going to cry. She was so excited, but we had kind of lost track of where the um, all those sixth grade banners were. They're the they they are these felt banners. We've got them dating back. I think the oldest one we have again is like 1980, um, and it's faded and so sweet. But but it was a parish day school tradition. The sixth grade class, which was of course the the senior class, essentially a parish day. Um, they had a competition and designed this banner, this precious felt banner. It's like the size of a piece of poster board. And uh, it's made out of felt. Carly Greenwood, former uh, Parish Day School teacher, handmade them every year. It just was such a dear tradition. And one of the first things I found down there was this box. And there they all wow. were, just all stacked up in perfect condition. And they're just so bright and happy. Mm-hmm. Every year has a different little motto on it that, mm-hmm. that the student came up with. Um, driving towards excellence and it has mm-hmm. a car on it or like leaping into yep. the future, you know, with a unicorn. I mean, they're just, they're just darling. And I was so thrilled to find those. And actually that was one um, tradition that we decided to bring back. Mm-hmm. And so last year, last spring, we had the sixth graders from last spring did a competition, an advisory competition, and they designed a banner and uh, the winning banner. I mean, it was just so appropriate. The winning banner said stronger together. Um, all of the banners that were turned in from the sixth graders last year all had a very common better together, stronger together um, kind of theme. I think that was the end of the school year. They were we were back on campus. I think they I think they had a greater appreciation for being together. And so that was kind of the common theme. But we've had that banner made by Lizzie Weeks, who is a parish alum. She made it over the summer. It'll be displayed here at Midway, and we're having one made for over at Hillcrest as well. So so that was a very fun old tradition that I loved finding that we were like, we have mm-hmm. got to do this mm-hmm. in honor of the 50th. So we brought that back. Um, they're wonderful photos and sweatshirts from, uh, I guess, the kiddos used to go to Boston. They used to go down mm-hmm. to San Antonio, like mm-hmm. some different trips mm-hmm. that, we, that we no longer take. Now we do Catalina and D.C. So it was fun seeing those. Um, I'd say those are kind of mm. the my most favorite things that I've that I've overturned down there um, or turned over down there, mm-hmm. and then the other thing that I was thinking um, is really just 
having a greater appreciation for, like I said, the entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. here. Um, it's Parish has a different culture, really, than I think any other private school in our area. Mm-hmm. And I remember somebody telling me years ago, you know, I think I was on the Parents Association board, and we had an idea about something. And they were like, go talk to talk to Dave, talk to Marcy McLean, you know, you know, that that this school is very open to trying new things. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas other schools aren't necessarily like, oh, this is the way we do it and this is the way we've always done it. Um, Parish has a culture of, um, hey, you know what, that's actually a really mm-hmm. interesting idea. Like let's flesh it out and let's give it a try. I, and and um that is that is the entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. here. Um, and it comes from Mary Blair, who started with nothing. It comes from Gloria. It comes from you. Um, it's just a culture of pushing boundaries, trying new things, rolling up your sleeves. Um, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. I think that the more I learn about the history of the school, the more I appreciate mm-hmm. this school's culture. Yeah. And and again, that's something I'm really hoping to share with the broader community this this year, like helping people understand that it's actually one of the things that makes Parish so special. Yeah. Um, we have a story like no one else, and right. um, and it really has created um, the culture that we have today. Yeah, it's, it is unique because of the schools, like schools merge. Independent schools um, have, there are many throughout the country that have long histories of mergers of multiple institutions to create a new one. Um, it is unusual that um, in the process of doing that, uh, as uh, they evolve to another campus, triple size, you know, there are elements of our story that um, put us into the very unique mm-hmm. um, historically. And then you, you level on top of that only four rectors at the Church of Transfiguration since 1972, only three heads of school at parish mm-hmm. since that time. So there's some elements of uniqueness relative to stability of, of, of leadership teams that I think add to that combination. And I'm with you on the whole story. So we're going to have these elements of these pa- pa- podcast series throughout the uh, year that are called Parish Connection. It usually be one episode per month where, you know, with Kristen getting it started, but we're going to go back and talk to Mary Blair's son, Bert, and we're going to go back and talk to Terry Roper, uh, the third rector who was uh, at Transfiguration at the time of ex- uh, expansion. We're going to talk to founding faculty members and members of the first graduating class in 07, um, frankly, to add to the archives in a recorded fashion of how this process transpired and then to get the perspectives of these individuals who had um, really front row seats for the history of Parish. So look forward to these episodes coming out on a on a monthly basis over the uh, over the course of this podcast season. And most importantly, come partake in yeah. these 50th anniversary events. It's going to be a, a, a great time, even as things are a little bit still uh, off off kilter. But uh, nevertheless, these give us a great opportunity to come back and reconnect with one another and reset, as you say, uh, our visions on what lies ahead for this institution in its next uh, in its next fifty years. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a really really it's gonna be a great year, and um, I'm looking forward to it. I think this was great. I think we can send it to Dad without any fear of, uh, of embarrassment. So, uh, Lieutenant Governor Hoseman, your your daughter is uh, giving you a run for the money. <laughs> I don't know about that. I public uh, pub, running for public office is not not in my um, not in my future. I don't think we're gonna let we're gonna let my dad uh, take care of that. We'll handle the electoral stuff. <laughs> yes, yes. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to this edition of the From My Angle podcast. Please share it with friends and colleagues in your network. On our next episode, we will welcome Associate Head of School, Michelle Lyon, and Parrish's three division heads, 
Laurel Ash, Jen Wilson, and Andrew Jennings to learn more about how Parrish's academic leadership team is reconnecting our students and faculty to on-campus instruction following a year and a half of disruption caused by the pandemic. I'm sure you will enjoy this conversation with these fine leaders as we look forward to on-campus learning here at Parrish during the 2021-2022 school year. We'll see you next time on the From My Angle podcast.